Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Chargers with Lorenzo Neal. Matt Money Smith here, as you can see there on the uh, the screen. If you're watching, if you're listening, very excited because not only do we have the head coach that we discussed on the last pod, Lorenzo, but now we know kind of what the dynamic is when it comes to team building. Uh, Joe Ortiz hired away from the Ravens, got his start there in 1998, and this is, to me, the absolute perfect candidate to pair with Jim Harbaugh, obviously somebody that has worked closely with his brother John and someone that has worked in every single facet of a front office uh, when it comes to team building from a regional scout, an area scout, to the national scouting director, to pro personnel, to director of player personnel. Jortiz has overseen everything when it comes. The only thing he hasn't had, low is the title of GM. Right. Uh, but otherwise, you know, he's been the guy in Baltimore for 25 years. He has, and, and personally, I like Joe Ortiz as a as a person of football, but also just a good man. I remember having some encounters with Joe Ortiz my time in Baltimore, and as well as when my son was going through this process of being injured and you know and not being able to be drafted and things that happened. I remember picking up the phone and Joe was saying, "Hey, how they like my son Lorenzo? You know, maybe to come into Baltimore." But he's just been a guy that you just open communication, and I'm telling you, he knows what it takes. He likes tough guys. He, You see the kind of organization Baltimore is. They're going to get tough guys. They're going to get guys that can play the game, guys that are durable. So I think that you have a GM that is, like you just said, that is one on every level, that's been around every level, that understands from the scouting department, from front office department, this guy is very versatile in the football arena. And you needed to bring in a guy like Joe, of Joe Ortiz ilk because you're in a, in a situation where this team – the Chargers organization, they want to build for some success and start getting not just those corner pieces. Some of them they have, of course, they're Justin Herbert. But now you're saying, I want to change culture and do it with the durability of bringing in the right people that's going to help change this, continue to change this culture. I love that that you have that that personal experience with him, Lowe, and you can, you can speak to that um, because that's important. The one thing that, that really, uh, ahead of everything else, especially when it came down to the final two candidates, Brandon Brown and, and, and Joe Ortiz, when it appeared as though, okay, well, those are the only two that are getting the second interview, so it looks as though it's between these two. The one thing that this signals to me is that Jim Harbaugh is not demanding complete control. If Brandon Brown would have been the hire, I would have said, okay, it's someone who's never really done a, a whole lot of scouting. We got to, oh, look at this. We got a third member of the uh, the broadcast. I love it. There's uh, Dexter. Hey, get them dogs barking because we got some dogs on this team now. Um, but what it sends, the, the message that it sends to me, you know what? There's only one bad thing about your dog being in this shot low. And I hope you don't take this the wrong way. He is so much better looking than you. Yes. Like, he is. <laughs> He is so much better looking than you. The ugliest guy in that frame right now, man. Hey, hey, Matt. Hey, Matt. I love that I can just divert. And you're like, "What is Low coming up with next?" And all of a sudden, you're like, "What's going on?" And all of a sudden, dogs in the couch, and he rises up. You're like, "Okay, how can I keep this together and not let our audience understand what just happened and how it just appeared?" You're like, "I got. I I can't just not. I just can't can't go by this." But yeah. He is very good looking. That's a good that's looking dog right there. In. You know, we got some dogs. We talked about we needed some dogs on this Charger team. Guess what? Joe is going to go get the dogs. Yeah. And that's why I'm bringing out my dog. There we go. But, <laughs> you know, as I was saying, the, the thing that it signals to me is that if Harbaugh wanted control, if he wanted to make all the decisions, 
and it's nothing against Brandon Brown, but it's someone that was, was a, I mean, you know what pro personnel is. It's, it's not, you're not a director of player personnel. You're not, you're not director of college scouting. Like that's where you're really making your bones. You're an area scout. You're a regional scout. You're a national scout. You know, Brandon, obviously I, I was certainly impressive in his interviews, got a law degree, former player. I'm sure the resume is impressive, but when I see Joe Ortiz be hired, now I see someone that Harbaugh wants to collaborate with, that that he's going to trust, that when it comes to this process, look, you know how far ahead of this Joe is than Jim Harbaugh when it comes to the draft? I mean, this is someone that's probably already got their board built, at least has a ton of stuff already set aside for Baltimore and what they're going to do in the draft. And this is something that that Coach Harbaugh can now rely on, can work with. And, and, and I would guess, if I had to guess, Lowe, he's probably going to say, hey, Joe, Outside of season, you got to take the reins. You got to run this thing. Now, when we get in season, and I'm telling you what I need, and like that's when that's when I take control. That's kind of how I envision this probably working out. I think you spot on, Matt, because when you're thinking about what your T's can bring to the table and what Harbaugh brings to the table, it's similar and same, but yet different in their own right. And what you just talked about, and that's what Harbaugh needs. He needs a guy that he can trust. That the word that you just said, trust, that's huge because Harbaugh wants to be able to say, let me go focus on getting this team, the X's and O's, getting this team in the places they need to be where we can get victories. But I'm going to trust that you're going to get me the talent that I need that I can put on this field. And Joe Ortiz, you've seen what he's done in Baltimore. He's going to get Hardball the talent. And that's what Hardball does a great job of doing is developing. See, I mean, guys say, hey, I want a teacher. Exactly. Hardball's a teacher. And he understands when you have the right talent for him, you look at the productivity that he gets out of these athletes because of the fact he says, okay, you're there. But let me, you're raw. Let me build. Let me give you the let me give you the tools for you to have success. That's what I like so much about this combination, is because you got that trust factor, you got that belief factor, and you have a culture factor that both of these guys are gonna say, look, that's his sandbox, this is my sandbox, but we can both come together in each half of our sandbox for to get a perfect remedy for success for this charger organization. Yeah, it's the, you know, it's the famous Bill Parcells line. You know, if you're doing the cooking, you want to shop for the groceries. Yeah, unless you don't have time to shop for the groceries and you don't know what groceries you're supposed to get because it was too tough and and you're doing too many other things that you couldn't get the recipe committed to memory. And when you were there, you kind of botched it up and now you don't have the right ingredients. So I understand what he's saying, which is why you need to find that partnership. It is right. a lot as, as someone that works you know, the Chargers broadcast, we do it with Daniel Jeremiah and DJ. He's incredible. He's the best in the business when it comes to, to getting everything ready for the draft and in the media. Um, I see how much work he puts into it. You know, we'll, we'll be on a plane across the country. We'll be flying across the country. And this guy might get 10 guys done. Uh, maybe 10, maybe. It, like, I'm talking going from here to Boston, here to New wow. York or something. That's how deep he's going into tape and getting his notes with his six-color pen and and trying to break these things. It is a ton of – it is months and months of work when you're trying to put this stuff together. Now, granted, they have a staff, right? You got Kevin sure, Kelly sure. and you've got all the sure. scouts. But at the same time, for, for Coach to come in – and you talked about this. I think you talked about this last week, Lowe like the Chargers going to have an advantage as well. It's not just the players on Michigan, but it's all the teams that he faced and all those different players that he had a chance to scout in person 
while he was coaching Michigan and prepping his team. Um, you know, it's Washington, it's Alabama, it's Ohio State, it's all of the Big Ten opponents, you know, that he had throughout the course. And maybe some undrafted free agents that are people to know about that maybe made a player flashed and there was something there. Like Coach Harbaugh is certainly going to be able to contribute to that along with his staff. But I just love that they they bring in someone that is part of an org that is part of an organization that is I don't I don't think there's much pushback. That's been the toughest team in the league for the last 20 years. Yes. I, I don't think anybody yes. would push back on that. Yes, absolutely. And to add to your point, you're talking about a guy that's been around the game, not just in the college level, but the high school level, because Harbaugh understands, hey, look, this is this this is and you say, well, what does that have to do with the pros? Because guys now in high school are getting ready to go to college. Harbaugh's already in the pros. But what it is, is that carryover, like you're saying, you have two guys that has to stay around the game. Joe Ortiz has to be around the college game to understand that, hey, I want this make these transition. Harbaugh's played against a lot of these guys. He'll know. Joe might say, hey, this guy looks pretty good. What do you think? Harbaugh can say, yeah, he's not a knee bender. I like him, but he gets, he gets stuck. Sort of like a guy like Case. You watch him, you know, Chase Daniels play, you know, for the, the Niners watching him stiff, can't do certain things. You look at certain guys, maybe Harbaugh can identify and tell, you know, be able to tell Joe that. So you're going to have, you're going to have yep. that. And you're going to have the carryover that some high school guys, you know, that are now, you know, that are going to be in college that Harbaugh's, Hey, I remember that watching that guy. Hey, this is what, so you're going to have a collective two guys that's been around that's fresh that are in the game. Because like you said, when the season goes, Harbaugh can't be concentrated on, you know, looking at, looking at college players, he's got to concentrate on this team. But what he will have is still have the ability because he's fresh out of the college scene that I think it's going to give the Chargers a huge advantage because they have two guys that are running this ship that is reading, leading this new organization that already been around the college level. Yeah. I'll tell you the, the, the one thing that I is, you know, we, we've been talking about these four big contracts repeatedly, you know, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, Keenan Allen, and, and Mike Williams. And I'll tell you the one the one thing that jumps out at me is, and, and I could be completely wrong, but if you told me I had to pick one of those guys, you got you, you can only pick one that, that you can put your name on and you think they're going to keep. I think I put it on Keenan Allen just because I think about how hard and how much Baltimore has struggled to find that number one receiver and what a challenge it had been for that. The fact that they paid Odell Beckham $16 million this year, to, to be essentially a part-time player, had a couple right. great games, but to come in and say, okay, I know he's 32, but the guy just produces. All he does is get first down and catch balls and pile up yards. He's good in the red zone. Like to me, that's, and, and it, to me, Keenan is, is a Jim Harbaugh kind of player too, right? It's tough yards. He blocks yep. as a receiver. He gets into the middle of the field and squats and is willing to take those hits for those first downs. So like, that's the one thing that jumped out at me. Like, when you go through, and I've got it all right here, so I'll be looking off screen a little bit, but when when you look at what the Ravens has have done so well when it comes to drafting and developing defensive linemen, offensive linemen, tight ends, running backs, they are so good at that. And the Chargers need all of them. But, like, so what's the one thing they've kind of missed on? Wide receivers. You know, I yep. know they just got Zay – because the Chargers passed on him, and, and that was great. But like Rashad Bateman, and you just yeah. kind of think that, you know, there's they, they've struggled. Duvernay, you know, they already traded Hollywood Brown after just a couple of years. So I almost – that's the one thing I think. If you tell me, hey, we got to figure this out, we can only keep one, which one are you going to keep? 
and, and also the rapport, the rapport with, you know, and you know how important that is to, to have a quarterback wide receiver tandem that just, you know, a battery that are just in concert that know what the other one's thinking all the time and can find themselves in the right place at the right time and make sure they take care of each other. So that's, that's the other thing that jumped out at me is. Oh, I can, t- I can totally see that money. Cause when you're talking about a and what he is and he's, he's still durable, but the biggest, I mean, he finally stayed healthy because he's had some injury problems the last couple of years, but you look at his productivity and that's what Harbaugh's going to look at. The guy is still playing at an extremely high level. You see the way that he did this year. This guy was pretty awesome and pretty prolific yeah. this year. And the way that he understands concepts, how to get open, where to sit, the physicality that he brings to the table, everything that you're saying says, you know what, if Harbaugh has to keep a guy and still going to maybe overpay, that's a guy because he also wants his quarterback comfortable. He also wants his quarterback in a place that he feels who is his safety blanket. And if you think about a lot of a lot of different guys, a lot of different receivers, you watch their body language in a tough situation. If they're not, things aren't going away. Keenan's not that way. Keenan and Justin Herbert have a great relationship and a great kindred spirit that you see these guys can work together. Sometimes you get sometimes when you have a young quarterback and you have a veteran or older receiver, you have seen sometimes with a quarterback now he's forced to do other things that he don't want to do. He'll force some balls in a tough situation because, you know, he doesn't want the guy mad at him. You look no further than, you know, look at uh, look at uh, a team that played very, very well this year was the Green Bay Packers. What happened? And no disrespect, because I love Fresno State, Grace, you know, mm. uh, my guy Fresno State, who plays with the Raiders, a great receiver. But yeah, at times, Adams. yeah, Devontae Adams. But you saw this year, because Green Bay, young quarterback, don't have had some no-name receivers, the quarterback doesn't get caught up in these names and guys that he has to throw right. the ball to, and you mix it up and you can be more diverse. And that's what I think that you have in Keenan, even though he's an older veteran player, he understands the concept and it's not about him and his stats. It's about winning. Yeah. And just going to that point, that was one of the, the real refreshing things about Justin Herbert's rookie season is you would think as a rookie, he was going to force balls to Keenan. And that was not the case. Now, don't get me wrong. Keenan was the number one guy. He was targeted sure. most. But when you looked at the box score at the end of the year, when you looked at the stats, you had Jalen Guyton, undrafted, who had probably three or four touchdowns, 400 yards. T. Billy, the, the Teron Johnson that had probably two touchdowns, three, 400 yards. Hunter Henry was a big target. Mike right. Williams was a big target. Josh Palmer, as a rookie, was coming out like you had actually Josh Palmer wasn't there yet, but like he spread it around. He did not care. He did not care what the name on the back of the jersey was. Shane Steichen drew it up, and Herbert would go out and execute it. And the the thing, and also I think that you know, and the reason why I would I would struggle to see both of those receivers back, Mike and Mike and Keenan, and Keenan. you're probably going to have to pick. Just think about the South football they're going to play. You know, they're they're going to play a, a much more run heavy. You know, two tight ends, maybe sixth offensive lineman. We need to get a fullback on this roster. Yes. You know, they're they're going to play a much different style of football. So I don't know if committing 30, well, you know, they're going to have to change the contracts. But what stands right now, you know, $64 million to two wide receivers, it just doesn't quite make sense with the style of play. So I think you end up redoing Keenan's contract put some voidable years on the back end and figure that out down the line but convert some to signing bonus drop that number from 32 to somewhere around 
14, 13, 14, and, and that's how you make it work. Um, but that, to me, just because of the struggles that they've had in Baltimore and identifying and trying desperately to find that number one receiver, that's one that, that I would assume they don't want to move on. And when I go through and I've got you know the last handful of years, and even if you just go historically low to, to what they do, I mean, you're, you're talking – and you know what else they draft really well is corners, and God knows yes. we need corners yes. uh, on this team. But like Isaiah Likely was a fourth-round pick. Mark Andrews, third-round pick at tight end. Kohler, fourth-round pick at tight end. And you go through and you look at games started and you look at touchdowns and yards. They spread it out. And for for, for when, when you talk about Joe Ortiz, like, you go all the way back. I'm going to dig deep, and, and maybe you were there low at the time, but, you know, you're talking about the year they drafted two tight ends in the same draft. It was Pitta, and I wish I, I got to try to dig it up here. Um, <laughs> they drafted two dudes in, like, the second Pitta and the tough. third round. Exactly. So, like, this is a – this is an organization. He comes from an organization, and that's how it is. You know, some some place like look, the Steelers are really good at getting receivers in the second round. You know, like when you go through certain organizations, they just do a really good job of scouting specific positions. And the Ravens have done a really good job scouting O linemen, um, scouting D linemen, and you know, heck, you know what? They do a good job of scouting everything except wide receivers. <laughs> yeah, the only yeah. that is that is a position that's just eluded them. I mean, I mean, remember they went out and had to believe with their Derek Mason, you know, bro, that wasn't yeah. a guy they recruited. That was a guy through free agency. So they have missed big on when you're talking about just receivers. So I, I think that you're going to have that. But the physical talent, what you're talking about is just the physical aspect of the football game, because football, you can't play basketball in the grass on a consistent basis and throw it all around and think you're going to win consistently. Let no further that who's playing in the Super Bowl. Kansas City Chief, they said, oh, Mahomes, he's finessed. I'm telling you, they've been physical. You look at Pacheco, you look at the way they run downhill. You look at at times they just say line up and they they went out and played against the bully in Baltimore and they ran the ball, not to just ran up and down, but they stayed with it. You have to have that physical point. You look at Detroit, you look at the Niners, you look at a lot of these teams, you still have to run the ball and you have to run it with a physical type of back. And that's what's going to be interesting. I know we're talking about receivers and Keenan can block. That's what I think that the focus is always going to be is to make sure they have a back that is going to right. be physical. The hardball is going to get someone. You know, he had Frank Gore. He had guys that's going to be physical. He's going to get back. That's going to get him three to four yards. And then they get that extra. So be it. But he wants a chain mover that's going to keep those defenses on. That's make you have to play eight, nine guys in the box for, like you talked about, the percentage rate of go up in the passing game because of what you have to commit to the run. If not, they'll run you out of the stadium. Yeah. And I think as we, you know, I'm looking at, as I'm looking at the, you know, the Ravens death chart and you look at how they're built, there's a lot of offensive line that's been yeah. drafted. And that's why I think as excited as we get, and I don't think they can go wrong if they stick and pick and it's Malik neighbors or Roma Dunze at the wide receiver position. If they go Blake, you know, if they go Brock Bowers at tight end, because he's a George Kittle type and, and, you know, Harbaugh and, and everybody just kind of see that as essential to what they want to do in terms of blocking and, and being a weapon as a pass catcher, being able to do both. No problem there. If they go with the tackle, they go with Joe Alt, or, or if they go with Fashanu or, you know, one of the other tackles, no problem there uh, as well. I, I think ultimately, though, 
given their druthers, if they could pull it off, if there's a way to trade down, this draft is particularly is particularly deep at both of those positions that I think they would probably draft their wide receiver and tackle. Rarely do you have deep tackle drafts. You end up having one or two at the top. They go right away. But like that would probably be best case, especially if you're going to rip that Band-Aid off and, and get rid of three or four of the, you know, all four or three of these four big contracts and have to fill those holes. And, and that's something that that Baltimore has been comfortable doing. I mean, when you look at rookies, rookies played, you know, their rookies play, you know, Patrick Queen was plugged in at linebacker and played, you know, Orlando Brown was drafted and played at tackles. A Flowers this year was their number one receiver. Mark Andrews, um, uh, Hayden Hurst came in the same year. They both played as two tight ends their rookie year. So they are going to expect their rookies to play. And it's not just your first round pick. Like that's the thing about the draft. And that's why getting someone like Ortiz is so big, just because of all the experience he has. The one, the one thing that's been a bit of an issue for the Chargers, and I love Tom Telesco, just an awesome dude. But the one thing that they tended to have an issue with was that rounds three and four, you know, the two, three, four, the two, three, four were a bit of an issue where you got it. You know, the second round out, don't get me wrong this year. It was great. Thule a couple years ago, you know what? Just draft defensive linemen because Chenna was awesome. Nwosu, just draft defensive linemen out of USC as your second round picks. But you, those got, you got, that's where you make your bones. You, you know, play it safe, hit doubles in the first round. Don't take swings for the fences. You can't afford to miss out on those guys because of the 50-year option and what that means to your salary cap situation. But, man, you got to hit more doubles in the second, yeah. third, that, that day two and that first part of day three. And that's something the Ravens have done a heck of a job at. And, and that's something they're going to have to do here because they do need to get some more depth on this roster. Yeah, you need depth. And Harbaugh's a big guy on special teams. You know that. He's Harbaugh, yeah. I mean, he wants to make sure. So he's going to get a lot of young guys. And you're going to say, look, we want you to play now. And that's what this is. This is not tough. This is going to be developed. And this is by trial by fire. Harbaugh's going to have a couple years. We know that. This is going to, he isn't going anywhere. So he's going to build a bully. Harp, you give him the tools that he needs. And now you got a GM that thinks the same way. They're going to build a bully. The AFC West is different now. You're going to build a bully. You look at Pierce, who he is with the Raiders. He's trying to build a bully, right. physical type of deal. Harbaugh, physical. So you have two coaches that you know that are bullies. They're going to try to build bullies. But Harbaugh has a huge edge in developing quarterbacks. His coaching staff is going to be a lot different. So you're going to be in a situation with the Chargers. It's not something we, that you expect, okay, a couple years to get better. You expect the instant gratification because – you and I both, the last several years, we know this team should have been in the playoffs and have deep runs, and it didn't happen, especially when you have a quarterback. When you have a quarterback winning teams, Buffalo didn't play great, but they had a quarterback. Minnesota, they had a quarterback to carry them in. When Look at Minnesota. Cousins get hurt. They still had a limping chance. You look at the teams that usually get in that are fighting for it. The team may not be great, but they get in because of the quarterback. You have in the Chargers didn't get in in spite of having a quarterback. So this is usually not the this is usually the exception, not the rule. So we got to start being a part of the rule that hey, look, if you have a quarterback, you're going to be fighting to get in the playoffs. Can't you know? There you look around the league. Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow's go down. They don't have they they're, they're out. 
But you think about when you have a guy of that ilk, especially at the quarterback position, you usually try to find your way. And that's what Harbaugh is going to do because the mentality of building a bully is coming to L.A. And I'm telling you, Matt, you know it and I know it. You're getting ready to change the way people view the Chargers because of their change of play. Yeah, you know, you look at you look at the Chiefs. They they didn't win that game because of offense. Nope. They won that game because they scored 17 points. The fact that the Ravens couldn't beat them at home and their defense only allowed 17 points because the Chiefs' defense was that good. Spagnolo and and Brent Veach and Andy Reid have built a a bully. You just said it. I'll just take the same word. You know, and and they're young. You know, you look at the middle of that field with Bolton on the line with Karlaftis, uh, Trent McDuffie. I. I had hoped yeah. the Chargers were going to draft him. He's a local kid out of Bosco High School up to Washington, but they took a pass on him. Like, he's he's already one of the best corners in the league. This was his yep. second year. You got Jerry Sneed. Like, that is a, you know, Willie Gay at the linebacker position. Obviously, Chris Jones is probably, oh, I mean, it's it he's sounds blasphemous. He's the best. He, yeah, he, he may have passed Aaron, he may have passed Aaron Donald, you know, as, you. as Aaron Donald gets on in, in years. So, you got to build, you know, it's, it's going to be a fist fight. And you're going to have to build. And, and we know what that secondary in Denver looks like. We know what that linebacker level in Denver looks like. You know, like it, I know their defensive line needs to get rebuilt a little bit after they whipped on Gregory and, and got rid of, of um, uh, help me out, went down to, to Miami, uh, Bradley oh, yeah. Chubb. So, Chubb, yeah. like, Chubb. But, but at the same time, it's becoming a much more physical division. We know Max Crosby's probably the best end in the game. So, like, you've got to deal and contend with that. Um, and so that's why I'm, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see maybe some more action on that defensive side, if they trade out, maybe Dallas Turner, maybe they trade back to 10, then one of the quarterbacks slips and now, you know, you got, you know, or you got, um, shoot, I'm trying to remember the name of, um, I can't think of it, Travion. Anyway, uh, you got the top corner out of Alabama or the, or the end. I mean, so that could be a direction they go as they continue. That's what you do. You build to win the division. It's the yeah. easiest way to punch your ticket to the playoffs. You, you have the best record out of the four. You're guaranteed a ticket into the tournament. You don't have to worry about the wild card and tiebreakers and strength of schedule and, and all that sort of stuff. Just go win the division. You draft to win the division. And I think that's, you know, the flip side of that, Low, is, is the tackle. Is that, you know, with, with these defensive lines, with Chris Jones and, and Karloftis, with Max Crosby, you better be stout on your own line. And, and that's why it never hurts to have that extra tackle and, and make sure you have a swing it, just in case, you know, yeah. so, so you can protect and you can run. And I mean, there's a million different directions we can go. No. And as we get closer to the draft, we'll get deeper into it. But uh, I, I think, you know, as I just kind of give my final thought, it's I'm excited that it was Ortiz. He was the guy I wanted from the start. I think you build in the the image of of what his brother John's done in Baltimore. They've been a perennial contender year in and year out. I know there's just a single Super Bowl to show for it, but that's plenty. <laughs> you you yeah. get a single Super Bowl for the yeah. Chargers and a couple appearances in the championship round. That is plenty for me, and, and I'm very excited they got this guy coming to partner up with with Coach Harbaugh. I, I couldn't agree with you. In party, you're absolutely right. And all fans want is hope. They want hope to know that they're right there. They just, they're tired of just getting, and like you said, if you get to the AFC championship, you get in the playoffs and it just gives you hope that, okay, the next year we have a chance. That's what teams do. That's what you, it's, it's a reason why the Steelers have had their guy for the last 10, 15 years, Mike Tomlin, because it's hope. 
It's a physicality. It's they're always going to be find a way to compete. You never see this team lose 10, 11 games. They're always, even if they're not good, even if you know it's going to be early exit, you know what you're getting. Right. And at Baltimore, even if it's going to be extra early exit and they don't have, they're not favored, you know what you're getting. That's what we can't say about the Chargers. We did not know and we do not know what you're getting. Now, you know what you're getting in hardball. So now you can say, we know what we're going to be getting. We haven't been able to say that in, 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 in L.A. with the Chargers in a long time. These other teams that we talk about, the Niners for the last five years, you know what you're getting. They might not win it, but you know they're going to find a way to be there in some capacity. That's what the Chargers faithful want. Yeah, it's and it's exciting because I think they're going to get it. You know, I, I think it's it's a partnership that everything is in place. You know, look, you never know how things are going to break, injury luck, and and all of those. And by the way, getting Ben Herbert, how about that? Best yeah. coach in the nation, picking yes. him up. Jesse Minner, Huge. the best defensive coordinator in college. Like you are, spe- they aren't just spending money on Jim Harbaugh; they're spending money on everything. Herbert's the highest paid. You know, he's the highest paid strength and conditioning, whatever strength. Train the training, right? Everybody's got a different name. Strength and training coordinators, whatever is strength coach. There you go. Right. Best in the nation. And and I guarantee he's at least a million dollars, if not a million and a half, to to get that guy to leave Michigan and come here. Jesse Minner, minimum two million bucks to get him out here to coordinate this defense. So they're spending money there. I just want to clean up my word salad. Dallas Turner is the end. <laughs> and 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 I don't know why Terry and Arnold, for some reason, I kept wanting to say Travy and Terry and Arnold. I'm rubbing off on you, Matt. I'm rubbing off on you. (laughs) (laughs) Of Alabama. So we do those two defensively, but um, exciting time. We'll we'll leave it at that. And as, as the pressure is coming up and as more of the staff fills out, you know, by the time we do this again, going to be even more excited about the direction they're going, you know, with pass game coordinator, run game coordinator, if it's Greg Roman, whichever direction all this stuff goes, it's uh, man, it is shaping up to be a heck of an off season for these chargers when it comes to staff. I can't wait. I'm excited too, Matt. All right. We'll be back. Appreciate you all for checking out believe in chargers. It's just one episode of great news after another look, uh, win games be great. We'll, we'll worry about that in 2024. They couldn't do it in 2023, but at least it seems to be their win in the off season. And we'll, We'll take that win. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.